Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. This re-release is could be our last. Uh, I've been with us for the for since the beginning of the last few months. My wife and I had our son Jack on July 21st. He's been having some issues, uh, healthy otherwise, just some stomach issues, but think it's figured out so as of the recording of this which is august 24th wednesday the year 2022 you should be home in a couple days so if that happens this will be our last re-release and this is the perfect one to end it with talking to one of my favorite final girls of all time she's up there with sydney prescott she's on for me to be honest she's on the mount rushmore of Final Girls, I'm talking Alice Johnson from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and 5, played by the amazing Lisa Wilcox. So I talked to Lisa probably like fallish, way back in 2019, and I'm telling you, I was so new at this. I did a lot of interviews that first year, but I was so nervous, and this was one I really remember feeling like I turned the corner she made me feel so comfortable because I was a huge fan. I tried not to nerd out too much and like, gosh, but we had some great conversations. I made her laugh. And uh, and lo and behold, she felt bad that she scheduled this the same time she had a party going on or people were coming over. And she had a heart to cancel, which I wouldn't have minded. It wasn't live, but that meant a lot to me. And uh, yeah, of course, we talked about landing that role, some of her early roles, a really funny story about uh, her doing the school play. You're going to love that. And uh, just the role she had on show. She was on Star Trek, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, short-lived show. She played Missy Preston. And just a lot over the years, and really just the legacy of Alice Johnson and what that character really did, like the metamorphosis of that character Within, you know, the 90, 100 minute movie, um, it was pretty special. And just that installment was the MTV of horror movies and really launched Rennie Harlan's career. Like overnight, everything changed for him. And uh, I think it was big factor because of Lisa, how great she did in that role and how believable it was. So, yeah, so this is a great I'm going to go right into the interview. You won't have to hear me stumbling like I probably did way back then. I like to make fun of myself because I always feel like you can do better. But uh, yeah, so um, do me a favor. Review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And stay tuned next week. It's our re-release. And like I said, hopefully, fingers crossed, our last re-release. It's going to be our review of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. We had a great guest, Amy, which I will make sure to plug her Twitter, she's great. She loves movies. She loves TV. Local, she's from New York. So we had a we had a blast talking to her about a great installment in a franchise. And without further ado, here is actress Lisa Wilcox. So what I like to do with these just find out, you know, why people, you know, how they got to where they are now and how they got started in acting. But first, where does your story begin? Where did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in Missouri. Oh, nice. What part? Yeah. Columbia, St. Louis, and a little town called Washington. That's awesome. So how long were you there? Till I was about 14 years 
Is that about the time like you got like the acting bug? Like what got you, what got you interested in becoming an actor? Well, um, I moved to California with my family because my dad was offered a great job in Newport Beach. So we all moved out. Uh, I had no intention of acting. I, w- I was planning to be a doctor. A doctor? <laughs> what kind of doctor? I, I, well, at that time, at that young age, I didn't know yet, but I was yeah. really interested in the heart, <laughs> in the heart, okay. the heart medicine. So, yeah, so it, it was not uh, in, in my, you know, in mind for, for that, for, uh, yeah, to be an actor. Although I did have one acting experience in Missouri, which is actually kind of funny. What if you'd like it? to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I'm in a uh, freshman in high school and they had auditions for a play and you know, the TV show called MASH. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's actually a play, MASH. So, so the school is doing this, this play, and I auditioned for the role of Ms. Randazzle, which was like two scenes and done on the proscenium. It was like a comedic relief kind of role. And um, I auditioned and got the role. And so the Ms. Randazzle, just think of the name, Ms. Randazzle. So I'm in a pencil skirt, red lipstick, high heels, <laughs> you know, this is my role. And again, comedic. And it was really a scene because they had to change sets behind the curtain for the next big setup or whatever. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's like an opening night and a Saturday and, you know, it's 400 people in the auditorium. And I'm walking out on stage with Stratton in my cute little outfit. And then the other actor is like my boss, whatever. And I'm the secretary, they called it back in the day. And with my steno pad and whatever. So I'm walking on the stage. And you know, do you know what footlights are? Yeah. Yeah. So there are those lights that pop up and pop down. And if they're down, they're locked. And if they're up, they're lighting you well see these footlights were supposed to be locked well i'm walking and this is the area i have to walk one of them is not locked it opens and my foot goes down into the footlight i'm wearing these stiletto strappy high heels (laughs) and i'm literally center stage so now in the meantime i'm like i've been captured by a footlight my pen and my, you know, my pencil and steno pad go flying. And then the actor who's sitting at a desk, because at one point in the scene, well, I'm walking over to sit on his desk. You know, this is very old school, old fashioned yeah. when the secretary would sit with her legs crossed and her red lipstick. Right. And so he's joking around and he's like, well, I had a little too much to drink there around this randazzle. <laughs> you know? And there's 400 people watching this. So backstage, they finally realize something's wrong because I am trapped. I cannot, my foot, my heels, all strappy, are dangling off my ankle. Oh, I can't get, I can't get out. So, and I'm now like on the floor and p- compromised. Oh my god! So, um, finally, thank God it was center stage. The guy who played Hawkeye popped his head out, and he uh, unravels me from the footlight. I get my sh- high heel back on and proceed to finish the scene. <laughs> Of real professional so, at a young age when you were, yeah, when you were thinking about being a doctor. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yes, I guess you could say. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm cool under pressure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that was my first experience. And then in California, um, in new high school, you know, all of that. And, um, start my sophomore year and, uh, everyone, you know, 
it's California. Everyone's involved in entertainment or whatever. So yeah. a friend of mine uh, uh, went and said, hey, I'm going to this audition at Buddy Epson's Theater in Newport Beach. You want to come with me? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I'm just tagging along. And I'm sitting there in the audience watching um, the, these auditions for this play, this playhouse. And, and the producer, her name is Jane Nye. She was kind of known as the Marilyn Monroe in the very old school 1930s, 40s, the Bowery Boy uh, shows, black and white. She was like the Marilyn Monroe. Anyway, she keeps tapping my shoulder saying, you know, you're auditioning, right? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just with my friend. Anyway, she kept asking me. So I finally said, okay. And I auditioned and I got the lead role in Lanford Wilson's play, The Hot L Baltimore. And then I proceeded to win awards. And that's when I got the acting bug. I was bitten for life. Just from that. So from that moment, then it was no turning back. Yeah. Throw away the stethoscope yeah. and you're just focused yeah. on acting. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, yeah, let me try out this brutal acting thing. <laughs> <laughs> and except, you know. <laughs> How was it moving from like Missouri to like, like California, like you said, everybody's an actor. Was it like a big culture shock at first? Um, absolutely. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the weather and the people, but but no, my sister and I, we were actually quite excited. And at this point, oh, awesome. we were living in Washington, D.C., a little town. And, you know, it's like, we're going to California, California, <laughs> boys, California. <laughs> I mean, this is in the late, this was in 1979. Yeah. So we were actually quite excited and we had visited California before, you know, and it's like palm trees and all that. So we, we were excited. We, we, it was, it was an easy transition, honestly. Yeah. So, so from there, so you're saying that's 79, you did that play, you won the awards and then on IMDB wise, the first credit that's on there, it's usually not right. So you can tell me if it's wrong. Uh, it says, <laughs> give me an F. Demons Dance Squad yep. member. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, it was called The Big Cheer, mind you, when I did this movie, The Big Cheer. And I, ha- I was at going to UCLA, and I don't even remember how I got involved, but I actually took a quarter off from UCLA to do this movie called The Big Cheer. And I was basically a highlighted, I don't know, extra, but I was part of the demon squad. There were four cheerleading squads. And I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, this movie is classic 1980s TNA. When I do conventions, people come up to my table and go, oh my God, give me an F. It's awesome. It's just really? so That's fun. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, and of course, how, what foreshadowing do we have? I'm part of the demons cheerleading squad our squad was we wore red black white bloody high heels red lipstick and we all smoked <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at the movie poster we right the- now it says are get you it, oh. it says get it at camp beaverview so they were just like all about it <laughs> exactly. right, from the name. It's perfect i know so i'm telling you classic 1980s tna i there's i don't do any nudity or anything like that but it is seriously um it's an adorable film so I highly recommend it. That- it's like funny how many of those movies, like all around that time, there was like, I think Porky's is huge before that, but Screwballs, Meatballs, yes. Three, which is like, yeah, there's like so many movies around that time are just, 
that thing. And they just got greenlit all of those or somebody had the money just to do it. Yep. And they were successful and popular. And that was, you know, it's called the eighties TNA, tip and ass, you know? So, uh, so I happily am part of that roster and I know I have a fantastic picture, which I've got to dig up of me and all of us demons. And Oh my God, we had so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it was great. So yes, that was my first theatrical credit. It, before that I had done, I became sad by doing commercials and I was actually a Wendy's girl um, in the eighties for a little bit. Uh, it was when they had that theme, uh, where's the beef Yeah, this is going back to the eighties again with Wendy's. Yeah. I did a few of those and I did a dial soap commercial. So that's how, um, and I was doing print modeling and you know, that kind of thing. But yes, my first, my first, um, credit was give me an F. Now here's the funny thing back then it was called the big cheer. So that's what I put on my resume, right? I got called in for auditions because casting directors misread it as the big chill. (laughs) (laughs) It was a huge movie back then. Oh, the yeah. read it that I was in the big chill. So thank you, the big <laughs> cheer, because it got me into casting offices I probably wouldn't have gotten into. Oh, man. And then from there, it looks like you transitioned. You're on like so many hit shows, Hardcastle McCormick. You're on a CBS School Break special, Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. So you had a lot yeah. going on. Like, there was like three, within like two, three years, you're on a lot of uh, shows. Were there, was there ever a moment? Uh, maybe you felt that on Give Me an F, but uh, was there a moment you're like, wow, mm-hmm. working with blank or was there anybody that you were like, oh my God, I, I love you. And you had a chance to work with them. Oh, John Stamos, John oh, Stamos. Oh, hello. Who played Blackie on General Hospital. Yes. And I, I completed my degree at UCLA with theater arts, uh, you know, bachelor in the arts and all that. But it was, I was, I feel fortunate. I got to do, I did these commercials during college and that helped me pay for my apartment and my education and everything. And it was about six weeks after I graduated that I booked a recurring role in general hospital. And so I, you know, it was pretty cool to say I, I made a living as an actor, you know, very early on, but John Stamos and Jack Klugman, it was a show called um, you again. Uh, And we did a, where our episode was called marry me a little and we have to pretend to be married and we're taking care of a, a sack of flour, which is our baby. <laughs> anyway, John Stamos, totally dreamy and amazing. Oh, Jack Wagner on General Hospital. Oh, that was wow. pretty freaking awesome, too. Yeah. And that was before Jack Wagner did, um, you know, what, what was it, Melrose Place, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was before that. But he was a huge star in General Hospital. And, you know, there's so many. I'm, I'm a little girl from Missouri, you know? I mean, it was like, it was really awesome. Wow. So in 1988, how were you approached like were you with your agent? How did it come about like Nightmare on Elm Street 4? Well, and, and, and with a theater arts degree, of course I did plays at UCLA and uh and I got a manager and uh, an agent through my theater work. And so my manager, Michael Wallach, uh submitted me for or our, my, our agent, you know, submitted me for the role of Alice in Nightmare 4. And uh, I was totally rejected, completely rejected, because back then my headshot is like, I did Barbizon modeling school and I really did it for confidence because I was a tomboy my whole life. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't do my hair. 
anyway, when we were in California, the barbers on. So my headshot is I got the big, you know, all the mascara and the hair and, you know, the whole thing. So I was definitely not exactly what they were looking for <laughs> for the role of Alice. Of course, if they looked at my resume and said, oh, this gal has all this theater training. Oh, this gal is actually a trained actor, right? Anyway, um, nonetheless, uh, it was about a month later, and we get a call from a manager, and he's like, well, they haven't been able to find their Alice. So they're going through their reject pile. Hi, hello. And uh, you you have an opportunity to audition. And I'm like, great. So, of course, I went with no, I read, I loved the script of Alice. Alice Johnson is totally me, great school, oh, yeah. junior high. I was a total daydreamer. I was a bookworm. I, I mean, you know, so, you know, I went wearing my worst color, which is pale yellow and, uh, and, uh, dirty hair and no makeup and went and read for the role of Alice and Tuesday night who played, uh, Kristen has already been cast. And I read the scene that we have at the, um, in front of the school, the, uh, we have matching, uh, luggage scene talking about dark circles and I talked about the dream master rhyme and all that. So read that scene with her and Rennie Harlan was there and whatever. And then I had one call back uh, on a Friday and I was getting married that Sunday planned wedding, (laughs) 150 people. Right. And did my call back and was on my honeymoon and I learned I booked the role of Alice Johnson. Oh, that's so awesome. How was, I, I was going to ask this later, but you just mentioned his name, but how was working with Rennie Harlan? Cause it was like right after this, well, he did a movie called prison, like the year or two before and then he did this mm-hmm. and then he did die hard too. And William Sadler, I got a chance. I was lucky enough to interview him a few months ago and he said, great. Thing oh, to oh, Rennie was awesome. He was great. I mean, he was, he's from Finland. He's poor as shit. And he is doing this film nightmare on Elm street and uh and he was just lovely he was absolutely lovely um couldn't say nicer things and then we got to see his transformation from this you know sort of demure um uh what's the word i want to use um humble uh rennie harlan from finland you know sleeping on whoever's couch because he had no money (laughs) to becoming mr rock star you know and and i'll never forget the rap party and he's wearing this leather studded jacket and all this. I mean, he, he didn't become egotistical in the sense of mean or put down anybody. He was still lovely. But he like he he made it to Hollywood and good for him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, that's so cool. So so I interviewed a guy that played Leatherface in Tex Chainsaw Massacre Three, R. A. Mahiawa. Yeah. And when I was talking uh-huh. to him, because that was the first person I talked to that was like in a horror movie. So I'm like, when you're making okay. the movie, obviously you know that, you know, you, every, every, everything's fake. But when you saw the movie for the first time, like Nightmare on Elm Street 4 at the premiere or however you guys did it, what, was there anything that made you jump or anything that made you like scared of it? Um, that's an interesting question. I, oh gosh. I mean, I wouldn't say scared. But it was just fascinated, like, you know, Debbie transforming into the cockroach. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we would see the sets. They had all a bunch of different sets and filming going on at all times, you know. So it was more of a fascination. But I can't say anything ma- literally made me drunk. Well, because I've read the script and I've been on set. Yeah. So there were no surprises, no surprises for me anymore, you know. And I was already a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, like, 
from day one, from the first one. You yeah. know, I, I've always loved horror films and stuff. Yeah, what an evolution if you think about those movies from what the first one is to the yeah. way they went. But you know what? Yeah. Robert Inglom and the cast that, uh, you know, whoever was the casting director, I don't know if they had the same one for all the movies, but they just had the right people, the right roles. And man, mm-hmm. Robert Inglom is a, he's a hilarious guy. He plays that character so well. Yeah, yeah, no, he does. Annette Benson. Um, I know she cast, I think she cast, I know at least nightmare one through four and she may have done all of them. Yeah. Annette Benson. And she's the one who told me the story about, you know, when they, I was in the reject pile and then I was revived to audition. (laughs) And she's the one who told me that she said over 600 actresses auditioned for the role of Alice, maybe more in Hollywood and they didn't find her. So she's the one who gave me that information. I was like, oh, my God, really? That's so cool. You know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, like the cast of Nightmare 4, fortunately, most of us live very close to each other, close by. Oh, and cool. we've been friends, you know, we've been friends for decades now. Like It's oh. like she cast uh, not only actors that worked really well on screen, but also in real life, <laughs> you know, so. That's really awesome. So how did you like, when you saw the movie for the first time and saw yourself, like, you know, you were, you had some, obviously some big roles, recurring roles, but to see yourself on like the silver screen, what was that like? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? I mean, it was, I, oh, it was wild and awful. The transformation that I took from, so, you know, so I told you, you know, I, I was on my honeymoon when I learned and they asked me to come back early and uh to do photos just to do photo tests test photos and then they said hey will you dye your hair because i was a platinum natural blonde okay (laughs) and i'm like okay so we did a rinse on my hair hence the red hair (laughs) and uh but to see it was so exciting because i'm like uh, yeah i don't know what to say yeah it was pretty wild and boy you you can't imagine how big your face is on that screen and i'm like oh (laughs) My chicken pox scar shows. Oh, that day I had a pimple. I mean, I was in my mid twenties, but you know, all that stuff shows. Although it all worked perfectly for the character, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was really cool. Um, but we were, yeah, I'm still very proud of that film. Very proud. So, how soon after that one did you know that they were going to make a, a fifth one? Pretty quickly. Um, it was a, a very. Uh, uh, box office hit and it was in the papers and you know week six still number one and all this you know so it really uh nightmare three did really well too um rodney eastman and i always bicker about which one made more money and i'm like no nightmare (laughs) four did no nightmare three but you know we have fun um so it was pretty quickly after after the you know the box office success that they asked if i would um you know reprise the role of alice johnson in the next sequel and you're like trying to hold back and you're like, yes, of course. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also what a joy to play the role again. And obviously nightmare four, nightmare five, dream child, compare dream master, such different scripts, totally different tone. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, I know I was, I was thrilled. Now after like looking at both of the films, cause you started both of them. Is there one that you like, cling to a little bit more or is, or is it like that they're they're your children you can't pick which one over the other yeah <laughs> it's 
it is kind of like Sophie's choice. Yeah. How can I really choose which child? Uh, but I would have to say Nightmare 4 simply because it was the creation of Alice Johnson. And the character arc in that film is just beautifully written. And it was such a joy to play as a performer, as an actress, you know, to go from the shy and meek and, you know, that so many of us can relate to, to making choices and to fight for your life and fight for your friends and fight evil and, you know, just become, screw you, I'm going to become kick-ass, okay? <laughs> you know, even though I'm scared. <laughs> so uh, I love that transformation. And Nightmare 5, I still love too, because I feel Nightmare 5 was, just not, uh, it was too, it dealt with so many social issues going on, like alcoholism and, oh, teen pregnancy, oh, yeah. abortion, oh, adoption, oh, let's let's throw in anorexia and bulimia too, <laughs> okay? Yeah. But the thing is, those are all topics that were very, you know, uh, books were being written about. It was becoming exposed, those topics that teenagers were going through in the 80s. And it was very hard, though, I think, for people to look at it in the face. Nowadays, that's like Kool-Aid in a way, you know. Yeah. But back then, it was pretty heavy and it was hard for people. In other words, they didn't. They want to go to a movie and be entertained. They didn't want to think about their their child back home who is, are they on birth control? Are they pregnant or dealing with that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that's um, true. Uh, so nowadays though, for many I'm learning over the past couple of years, it's shared with me that nightmare five is their favorite. Really? It could be, it was the first one they ever saw. And that yeah. can always bring infinity to your favorite one is the first one you saw, but also an appreciation for those topics that were discussed and brought, out on a giant silver screen, you know? Yeah. Here's a question. So when you read the script, did you get the entire script? Like when you auditioned or was it just like a piece of it? Um, you know what? I have to answer. Honestly, I don't remember, but no, I do. No, full script. I got the full script. So I was, no, I was asking. You would because, get the full script. Okay, cool. No, I was going to say, <clears throat> since you're a fan of the movies and you're like, oh, I get an audition for, and you're like, where do I die? Or do you go to the end uh, and then <laughs> see if your name's towards the end? Oh, no, no. Back then, <laughs> actually, in the old days, you would go to your agent and they'd have a lockbox and you pick up the full script because nowadays they're so private about storylines oh, yeah. and this, that. And it's not, it was nothing like that back then. Unless it was, you know, Yes, the final season of Dynasty, you had to sign, you know, NDAs and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, no, back then I got to read the whole script, like a book, you know, a script is 100, 120 pages. Oh, yeah. And you get to really hear and read and understand and absorb what this character is about. So that was, you know, definitely a pleasure. So anyway, did I answer that question? I think I did. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. No, I was just wondering because you, you were a fan of the, the movies and you're like, oh, no, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm most likely going to die, but... It's good that I didn't even, that's so funny, but I, mm, that thought didn't occur to me. I, and I think I wouldn't have cared if I died regardless oh, yeah. just being like an Elm Street movie would have been like fantastic. <laughs> oh no, definitely. And, and it was. So then after that, you, you have all you have two huge movies. And then one thing that I never saw before, but I definitely want to check out was Bill and Ted's excellent adventure TV series. What channel was that on? It was on Fox. 20th Century Fox. That's so awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, again, love the, the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah. Right? I get to play Missy. It was so much fun. We filmed that in Vancouver, actually. Yeah, that was that was a blast, too. Yeah, those movies are so great. I'm so happy to make another one. When I was talking to Bill Sadler. I Sad- know. Yeah, I was talking to Bill Sadler probably about a week before he was going to go film his part as death. Really? And, uh, oh, man, it was – he was so – I don't know how many of his movies you've seen, but you see this guy that's like a serious actor. He plays a great bad guy, sometimes off characters. Man, mm. he talked about that. We would talk about something else. And I'd be like, oh, how about the Green Mile? And then he'd be like, oh, yeah. And then this one time we were on set with Bill and Ted, he, lo- he just loved playing that like comedian role. I bet. I bet. <laughs> oh, God. It was, well, I mean, to play Jesse. I worked with Don Lake. Do you know Don, the actor Don Lake? No, um, I'm sure if I looked at him. Yeah, he was in, what is that movie about um, dogs that are, you know, do the pageants? Oh, you know, yeah. No, he's in Best in Show. Selling. What was the name of that movie? He's, Best in Show? Yes. Yes. Oh, he's yeah, awesome. Best in Show. Yeah, Don Lake. He's great. <laughs> so, a lot of, lot of fun memories. Oh, I bet. And then you had another, and then you had some roles, Boy Meets World. And then what I read on your IMDb, so around that time, you went and you had some, you're raising, being a stay-at-home mom, right? Yeah. But let's see, 91 is when I had my first son. So it was pretty quick after Nightmare 5. And I pretty much kind of left the scene because once they started school, I wanted, you know, and uh like bill and ted we filmed that in vancouver and my first son i think he was maybe eight six months old (laughs) you know (laughs) five months old when we went up there and um but once you know they start school and all that i i really kind of laughed although i did get to do star trek oh that's really cool yeah so yeah so that's that's harder than going having kids i have a nine-month-year-old girl and uh it's harder it's harder than going against Freddy Krueger. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> you know. Oh, and just wait, she's nine months old. Oh, oh, you just wait, buddy. No, I know. She, she's been like too good. Like when we talk about her to like our pediatrician and other people, they're like, Yeah, so what time oh. she wake up in the middle of the night? I'm like, Oh no, she sleeps through the night. Everything's great. Well, it's more too when they get older to the teen years. My oh, kids yeah. like pretty freaking awesome, but oh my gosh. Well, it's new having children these days, but good for you though. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Mother motherhood's amazing. And yeah. Oh no, definitely. Okay, so uh, we got disconnected and Lisa was kind enough to call back. I'm sure you heard a couple of times. She had guests at her house and she still you know, she still took the time to talk to me, which is, uh, it really means a lot. And let's get right back into the conversation. I didn't hit record right away. She's talking about when she was auditioning and she was on a Brady Bunch movie. No, that's okay. It's okay. Um, no, that was absolutely not really phenomenal. I mean, I don't know. Brady Bunch, we all grew up on Brady Bunch. I mean, oh, I yeah. grew up on the reruns and I mean, and, and her, I mean, the whole, I mean, internationally known and it was and what's great is I got to play both I got to play Florence and I also got to pay play Carol and uh that that was an interesting 
um, thing because boy, oh boy, I had an audition and they sent me to Santa Monica to audition and then it was the wrong place. So they had to reschedule the audition. It was actually in Burbank. And I don't know if you know the geography of Los Angeles, but it's completely, you know, a polar opposite area. Oh yeah. And, and then, um, I was literally the last audition on a Friday at five o'clock and audition for Carol Florence Henderson behind the scenes, the Brady Bunch. And I'm driving home and I get a call from my manager. And this is back when cell phones were the size of a brick <laughs> or a cinder block. And he's like, I don't really sure what you did in there, but you got the role. <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh my gosh. So all I can say is fun cast. And just to be part of that history of TV, you know, and to play that, it was just great. And to be on those sets, oh my gosh, it was just amazing. It was amazing. Was it the original set or did they just re- Yeah. Re- oh, that's awesome. And stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, no joke. Yeah. No, it, it was like, it, it was fantastic. That's so cool. I would totally geek out. Like if you're able to like walk into like one of these famous living rooms you see growing up yeah oh yeah i geek out all the time i mean i geeked out i worked with mark hamill in a movie called watchers tour which is based on dean Koontz's book oh and i mean i was geeking out that first day of filming i was a nervous wreck i'm like oh my god it's luke skywalker oh my god oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you know so yeah i've geeked out many times (laughs) (laughs) So how do you calm down? Do you like get it all out like that first day or? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just completely act and act like everything's completely normal. And then little Lisa inside going, jumping up and down going, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know what I mean? So yeah, (laughs) I put on my mature demeanor. Good. Good. (laughs) No, that'd be so honestly, that's he, if you think about it, it's like one of that's one of the biggest movies of all time. Everybody knows who he is. It's like Shatner uh-huh. or Picard. Uh, I can't think yeah. of the name right now. But it's like those guys are just yeah, so yeah. huge. Yeah, I mean Picard. I worked on Nightmares. I worked on Next Generation. I mean, seriously, it's like oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> you know. But then though, no, I'm on set. I'm just professional actress. But but look, I got to meet childhood like like Mark Hamill, for instance, and others, uh, um, George Clooney. Like, you know, guys that, you know, I totally had a crush on or yeah. totally was infatuated with or whatever, you know. So there's still that little Missouri girl in there. Oh, no, that's good. No, that's good that you have that because then you're not too big for the moment. You know, you're still the girl that tripped on stage with your high heel and you like remember exactly. that and you're like still <laughs> enjoying it because I bet you there's a lot of people that go on set and they go through the motions. So. No, that's really cool that yeah. you can admit that. Oh, well, thank you. Got to stay down to earth. Got to keep your feet on the ground, you know? Yes. You know, it was a really cool show, like uh, Fear Clinic. I thought that was really oh. cool because it was like all these horror icons like working together. It was, well, Dane, Kane Hodder, we actually, he was actually in Watchers Tour with Mark Hamill too. Oh, cool. I know. And anyway, and then of course, Daniel Harris and Robert and whatever. And yeah, I, I, we are still completely baffled why it did not take off. And we, what we assume is that at the time 
I think Chiller produced Fear Clinic and then Chiller was bought by somebody else. And we were just kind of lost in the floorboards, you know, because it was such a great concept and, and the effects were great. And anyone who's seen it is like, what the hell happened? It was so good. And Robert England's attached to it and it, nothing happened with it. We're, we're still completely <laughs> confused. He did a, they did a feature film, which I wasn't in, but, but Robert was in it and I still don't get it. You know, and these shorts too, they were each episode was six, seven minutes long. And those are very popular right now, these webisodes. So, you know, I'm seeing Robert soon in Calgary. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pick his brain about that. Oh, definitely. Especially that now it's Shudder. Shudder's taken off pretty well. So I can see them do a kind of series, especially with all the, all these, you know, you, Kane, Robert, Daniel yeah. Harris. And I'm sure there's, yeah. yeah, it's, no, that, that was really cool. Yeah. I heard some good stories about Kane because that guy, RA, him and Kane became friends because Kane was actually his like stunt double and stunt coordinator on, uh, Nightmare, uh, not Nightmare, on uh, Leatherface 3, Tech Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, really? So they, from oh, that, yeah, they yeah. became really good friends. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, Kane is great. I just talked to him recently, and I see him at shows too, but, you know, he's, yeah, he's he's a great guy. I, uh, You know, all I can say is with acting and all that is great, but I have just made the most amazing lifelong friends in 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 this world of, you know, Hollywood, you know, but there's actually genuine friendships that do happen in Hollywood. So that's pretty awesome. So, so you have a lot going on right now. I know you were filming something like a few weeks ago and I don't know, you might still be filming right now. I just finished and uh, I just back from Hempstead, Texas, about an hour outside of Houston. And we filmed in Galveston as well. And yeah, I, it was, wonderful experience great role it was the most challenging role I've ever done in my lifetime not just because of but but not just because of the subject matter but also out of a 110 page script I have 70 pages of dialogue and 70 pages (laughs) so um yeah and I had not had that much dialogue and whatnot since I did my very first play well no my second play the hot L Baltimore at Buddy Essence Theater, which, by the way, was directed by Kelly McGillis. No Her mom directed me, directed me in that play. Yeah. Oh, wild. wow. But anyway, it was a great experience in Texas. Um, I love filming there, even if it is September and it's 100 degrees with 98% <laughs> humidity. <laughs> what, what, but, which, uh, movie, which movie is that, the name of it? Because there's some on your IMDb. Yeah, mystery spot. And I haven't even checked my IMDb. Oh, it's not it's even on, on there yet, so that's cool. Okay, it's not on there yet. It's called Mystery Spot. And it's a it's a full length feature and we filmed in a beautiful part of Texas out in on a ranch, eleven acre ranch, and we lived and slept and worked in the same eleven acres and it was great. Oh, that must have been pretty cool. Like a summer camp sort of while you're working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> not so, not cheerleader camp. But not you know. cheerleader camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was actually filmed at a lake in a camp area. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, th- so thanks so much for taking the time. Just really, I had two questions, but I think I know the answer to the one because I always ask people, "Hey, if you weren't acting, if that moment didn't happen, like obviously you started acting a little bit." Uh, 
the play you did in Missouri and then your dad got the job offer. So that changed like where your path might've been. You might be that heart doctor. So I think that oh. probably what you <laughs> might be doing today, if you were an I athlete. might be the cardiologist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, uh, since acting, if I weren't acting, I would be so into doing being a prop master or oh, in production cool. design because I love decorating. So for, to create a set, a time period or anything, oh my gosh, I'd be so all over and do the shopping and the antique shopping and recreating things. And well, oh my God, that's what I would do. I would be behind the scenes doing that. Oh, that's cool. So here's a question. I know we talked about a lot of things you were on and like roles you had, so it might be kind of hard to answer this, but was there like a role that you had over the years or a show you were on that you really like loved the role, but maybe it just didn't get to enough of an audience for people to see it. So I think so many movies come out and especially nowadays that everything can obviously go to a theater. Yeah. 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 Well, I loved the role of on watchers with Mark because I love the actual book called watchers. They did four of them. Mark and I did the fourth one, but it was the closest related to the book by Dean oh, cool. Koontz. And I was a huge fan of Dean Koontz. And in fact, when I was filming nightmare on Elm street four, Okay, in 88, Howard Berger, who is, you know, one of the most famous makeup artists now and, and, you know, special effects, he's the one who suggested, hey, read, read, you know, Watchers, Dean Koontz. Oh, great, because I already had read a few of um, the Koontz books, and he's the one who suggested it, and then years later, I'm doing the movie, <laughs> which oh, is wow. pretty awesome. But I love that role where I actually do play a doctor. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so that was really cool. But on another hand, I mean, like we said, playing Carol Brady for Henderson, I mean, how awesome. But a role that I just love is the one I played in Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, it was awesome. a Christmas episode, and I play a nun. And I, there's this beautifully written monologue when I'm talking to my brother, who is an escape from prison, and he's taken over the church. And we are... Uh, we were separated. Um, I think we're stepkids, but whatever. I'm trying to convince him to make better choices. Ultimately, he dies. It's really sad. Um, but I love playing the. Uh, I love playing the nun. I love playing it. And then now that I'm thinking about it, that recurring theme, the nun, where I kind of play the nun in Nightmare Five. I, I kind of play Freddie's mom, but not the. You know what I mean, or what? <laughs> but that's. That's a very treasured uh, role that I got to play. And Star Trek Next Generation, Utah, is amazing. Um, That's awesome. Only because they didn't, they had to kill me. Captain Riker had to kill me, and they don't kill often, you know. (laughs) So as a result, I'm on the Monopoly board. This Next Generation Monopoly board is a property. I'm known as the assassin. Oh my God, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it was a very long-winded answer to your question. Oh no, that's great. No, I love when people, no, trust me, I, I like when people talk more than they don't. <laughs> so no, that's awesome. How, how, was, uh, how was working with Chuck Norris? I've talked to a few people, one guy that's like really good friends with him and then a couple people that are on it. I never had any scenes with him. Oh, okay. I worked. Yeah, I worked with the, the, the head nun, the main nun, and her, oh, what's her name? This is so embarrassing. Uh, Dame, what's your last name? Oh, beautiful blonde woman. Uh, she, anyway, I got to work with, but I never actually got to any scenes with Chuck. But that was a cool show. That show was on for a long time, too. Yeah, yeah yes, it was. 
it was. Now you can't broadcast this because I said can't. Barbara, 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 Barbara Bain, Barbara Bain. Look her up. She did a whole bunch of stuff. She's married to some famous actor. Anyway, I'll edit that so it sounds like you said it right away. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's see, Barbara. I'm trying to look up that episode, but uh, no. Well, yeah, I'll make sure this sounds great. Well, this yeah. is awesome. All right, good. It was called. Um, I think the episode was called Saving Grace. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, Barbara okay. Bain. You're a, yeah, she was Mother yeah. Superior. There we go, Mother Superior. Look at that. Yeah. Awesome. And fun times. Well, that's so cool. Thanks so much for taking the time. It was really cool. I love hearing how people got to where they were. Obviously, it's so cool to hear about Nightmare on Elm Street and all the other things you worked on. But uh, I always love to hear like the story and how it happened. So. there's always something like that it's never i've never talked to anybody yet that they were like so i grew up you know i was always acting from the tender age of two and everything worked out (laughs) so it's like it's cool to hear like hey maybe if your dad ever got that job offer things would be different but i'm happy that everything went the way it was and you were able to do what you did and continue doing what you love yep well i you know wouldn't change a thing (laughs) well that's good well, awesome. Yeah. Well, enjoy your guests. Thank you so much for stepping away for a few minutes and taking the time to chat. Oh, thank you. So that was Lisa. Just the stories that she like auditioned for the first nightmare and just everything that went into that movie, like her her memories of it and like Rennie Harlan and just uh just how great that character was. It's very rare in a horror movie for somebody to, you know, last a few movies and like really never die. Obviously we're going to see that with uh, what scream ends up doing with not having Sydney back. And she's essentially still alive in the franchise, but it's kind of weird to have that happen. Even like with Halloween, they like killed off uh Lori Strode in Halloween four, just saying she died in a car accident. So, you know, Alice is still alive and I hope they do one more. Bring back Robert to don the don the finger knives one more time and bring back Lisa because I think it'd be really great to have the people that survived the franchise. There's not many left if you really think about it. So Alice, that'd be pretty special. So like I said, next week, last re-release, our review of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. I remember recording this mid-pandemic. It was hot. My hair looks horrible. And I remember doing minutes before it because it's a video review you can watch as well. Uh, I just remember doing the knives on a shirt within like seconds and fake blood. I remember pouring it on for the effect to surprise Jamie and our guest Amy. And just I remember when I was done, the blood just was stuck to me took forever to wash off but it was the middle of the pandemic i wasn't going anywhere so i could have not showered for weeks and nobody would have said anything well maybe my wife would have and my daughter but yeah so don't forget to review rate share our podcast follow us on all social media at sequels only and don't forget to check out our website sequels good night good night guys <laughs>